Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Hey listeners, I just wanted to quickly mention my favorite hydration supplement element. Hydration is a crucial part of life, and it isn't just about drinking water. Being optimally hydrated is actually about optimizing your body's fluid ratios. This fluid balance depends on many factors, including the intake and excretion of electrolytes. Electrolytes are charged minerals that conduct electricity to power your nervous system. They also regulate hydration status by balancing fluids inside and outside your cells. Current science points to consuming four to six grams of sodium, three to 0.5 to five grams of potassium, and 400 to 600 milligrams of magnesium per day from diet and supplements for optimal health outcomes. It can be hard to consume these ranges from whole food diets, especially sodium. Element was formulated with a science-backed electrolyte ratio 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. Just as important as what is put in element is what is left out. Dodgy ingredients and public health enemy number one, sugar. I've been consuming the product for about a year and absolutely love it. And if you want to get started today, you should go to drinkelement.com slash subscribing to wellness for a special introductory deal on your first order. That's drinkelement, L-M-N-T, dot com slash subscribing to wellness. You won't regret it. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by Coconut Cult co-founder Noah Simon Waddell and co-founder and creative director Jung Ho. The Coconut Cult believes in good health and good health starts in the gut. On Noah's own personal journey to heal his inflammation, he made a radical change to his diet and experimented with probiotics to see what would regulate his digestion. During his research, he looked into yogurt brands that claimed to have millions of good probiotics. But when he dug deeper and spoke to experts in the field, he discovered that all the probiotics in most yogurts on the shelves were dead. So he created his own. We talked to Noah all about the probiotic space and especially yogurt. So I know there are a million protein powders on the market these days. But when I tell you that this protein powder is my absolute favorite, I mean it. Sprout Living makes plant-based protein powders that help support my active lifestyle. Sprout Living only uses real, powerful superfood adaptogens and nootropics. Their blends are not only tasty, but also functional. No gums or thickeners like most protein powders use. No natural flavorings, just the whole real deal ingredients. My personal favorite is the vanilla leucoma. Head over to go.sproutliving.com backslash subscribing to wellness and use code sub to protein for 20% off your order. Guys, welcome to subscribing to wellness. How are you? Hey, really good. Having us. We yeah. are beyond ecstatic for this conversation. Um, and would love to open it up and just hear the origin story of coconut cult. Take it away, Noah. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I decided I wanted to to start a cult and not a business um i like manipulating people and um you know lying when i need to just just kidding um i i was getting sick all the time i had a bunch of like inflammatory things going on that were like either autoimmune diseases or something and i would go to doctors and instead of trying to figure out what was causing 
all of my symptoms, they would just prescribe me like different medicine, mostly like steroids to just get rid of or reverse um, the inflammation. But there are side effects to like most drugs. And I started getting frustrated that these doctors weren't trying to really help me figure out um, the root of why I was getting sick. And I kind of took it onto myself. I'm going to figure out why I keep getting sick. And my biggest clue was I would always get symptom flare-ups after I would eat. So my hunch was there's something that I'm eating or everything that I'm eating that's making me sick. Um, so my diagnosis, I mean, my, my prescription probably to myself was I'm going to stop eating processed food. I'm going to stop eating restaurant food. I'm going to stop eating prepared food. And I'm going to take ownership of making all of my own food and see if something major changes. Um, and I was also going to stop taking the litany of different pills and steroid inhalers and things and, that I was on and just see if I could go all natural and, you know, heal myself. So I started, you know, I didn't make, a, I wasn't like a chef before this. So I, I started making all kinds of things and learning how to make them, uh, milks and uh, yogurts, uh, cheeses, things like that, that I was, and I, there were a couple of things like I was wanting to play around with, was dairy making me sick? I didn't really know anything at this point. Was processed food, was sugar making me sick? Was meat making me sick? I had no idea. So I started like assuming, like one thing that I did notice is that I would have symptoms for sure after I had dairy. Um, so at the time, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try to make, you know, alternative dairy, yogurt, milk, cheese. So I was making things out of coconuts, which was cool. Um, I was making my own yogurt with a homemade yogurt starter out of coconuts. And it was fun. It was good. I was also sourcing like niche specific functionality probiotic strains to sort of replace the effects of the medicines that I had been taking. I was doing some research and there were specific probiotic strains that were attributing types of healing similar to steroids and stuff. So I was buying very functional and very expensive probiotic strains on the internet. And I realized that the bacteria that was in the homemade yogurt starter, which wasn't expensive, was the exact same like physical form as all the other very expensive functional bacteria. It's a white powder, like a freeze dried white powder. So the aha moment for the product that, that we make, which is this super functional, amazing yogurt um, probiotic supplement was I'm going to start making the homemade yogurt with the really functional, powerful probiotics instead of just the lactobacillus, like basic, you know, yogurt bacteria types that most yogurts are made from. And instantly the yogurt that I made from these very functional, powerful bacteria strains were, it just blew me away. It was like, wow, I just felt the the life force, like the, the strength, the, like the, I would eat this new yogurt and I just felt like, wow, I'm eating something that's immediately making me feel better, which was not an experience that I had with the other yogurt I was making or the probiotic pills that I was taking. So I would like, it was just like, wow, what have I created here? I passed it around to, you know, family and friends. Like It seemed like at least this was like six, seven years ago that so many people had some 
digestive issue, some some problem that you know they were either taking probiotics for or they were just kind of aware of. And a lot of my friends and family reported that this yogurt that I was making was helping with whatever their issue was. So it was like, my, my goodness, what, like I, I kind of accidentally created something that is very helpful and doesn't really seem to be available to anybody at the moment. Um, so I got, you know, it was just like my whole life sort of, I got like, I, I'm very like creative and I'm very like, we'll get very caught up in like a project so i just all of a sudden all my focus was like what did i do like what should i do with this yogurt um and you know i had one friend that had a juice bar so i, I gave him some label like labelless glass jars of this yogurt and explained what it was and he started selling it and it it sold like insane like he was you know within a couple of months he was selling 500 to 600 jars in a little juice wow. bar a, a week and people were driving from four and five hours away, trying to buy 50 jars at a time. Um, like it just became like a weird cult. Like there were lots of celebrities that were like immediately hooked on this thing within like a month. And I was like delivering 20 glass jars of yogurts to like a handful of famous people's houses. And they were obsessed about it and calling me with quite like it became like a really weird awesome thing that i was like an underground like yogurt cult um so it was obvious to me that i had something that wasn't available and a lot of people wanted and i had zero business experience so i had two friends um jung ho here and and james who both had uh a lot of unique very interesting types of business experience so i approached both of them with this concept of um, selling, you know, super duper probiotic coconut yogurt um, that was, you know, much more expensive and had a completely kind of different purpose in its time than like the normal yogurt in the grocery store. And were they interested in like creating a, a startup business with me? And lucky for me, they both said yes. And the coconut cult was born. This is Caroline from the Subscribing to Wellness team. I work on content and I couldn't be more excited to share with you all my incredible experience with Inside Tracker from a blood biomarker perspective. I'm obsessed with Inside Tracker because without access to your own biomarkers, it's impossible to have that pulse check on how you're actually doing health-wise, how to improve for the sake of your health today and 20 years into the future, and if your current style of living is actually working for you. The first time I did Inside Tracker, they helped me realize I had elevated creatine kinase, a marker of excess muscle inflammation due to overtraining, and low ferritin, a marker of your iron stores. By using their action-oriented educational portal, I was able to get both of these markers back into the green by changing my exercise routine and taking a liquid iron supplement. My energy levels and performance in the gym are so much better now, and I couldn't be more pumped about it. If you want to try Inside Tracker out for yourself, you can use my code by visiting insidetracker.com slash sub2wellness to get 20% off. That's insidetracker.com slash sub2wellness. I can't wait to hear what you think. All right, James, that was an amazing, James, I'm what you just said, James, and now I'm, I'm all over. Noah, that was an amazing story. I, I had to grab my jars because I want to talk about them with you right here. So let's dig into the product itself. So you mentioned 
you guys are a yogurt company, but you're also a probiotic. And that is super unique. You sit on shelf with yogurt, but you can take one tablespoon and it can act as your probiotic. So can you explain to me like the product itself and how like, what is a consumer? How, how am I supposed to eat this? What does a consumer do with it? And like when your intention was creating a yogurt, kind of that dynamic between yogurt, food-based probiotic. Okay. Um, so basically yogurt is a food that's been around for thousands and thousands of years. Uh, the history of yogurt is it's always been like a medicinal food. Like if you look back into what yogurt was and why people ate yogurt and how people ate yogurt, they ate it for its functionality. Um, it was always a very fermented and probiotic rich food that people like ate for gut health or like overall health. Um, you know, that's what yogurt is. That's what this product is. And over the last, I don't know, 60, 70 years of the American food industry and a lot of other food industries that have sort of followed in suit, um, yogurt, along with a litany of other foods, have sort of been changed and manipulated and morphed into a cheaper, shittier version of that food. So it's a thing that a lot of people like, you know, it's happened slowly, but the yogurt that everybody now thinks of as yogurt is not like, is not what yogurt used to be. So a lot of people eat yogurt for protein, which is great. Um, but this idea of yogurt as like a gut healing, like functional medicinal food is really not accurate for 99% of the yogurt in the grocery store, which doesn't have active bacteria in it it isn't medicinal um and is mostly you know for the plant-based versions is mostly a little bit of coconut or almond or or something whipped with a lot of starch powders and water and set like a panna cotta so when i try to explain what this product is what what it really is is it's like the next wave of yogurt it's trying to bring yogurt back to what yogurt originally was, which was a very functional food that you could eat as a probiotic supplement. But, you know, what the idea of a supplement is like you're trying to supplement your diet because it's missing something or it's, it's lacking something, um, which is, I think, bit grown out of how crappy a lot of the food that our country, company makes is. I... Um, I'm not our company, but like, uh, sorry, a lot of my phone's very active. Um, Other companies. But like, yeah. Um, food that, you know, the, the processed food or the food industry is making, right? So. When we, when we talk about the yogurt giants, like a Danone, um, like a Chobani, is it the, the pasteurization and just the ingredient quality that that's really like driven the quality of yogurt down compared to what it was in its earliest days or like what are what are like the biggest factors that have kind of led coconut cult to have this opportunity to like rehealthify this space the biggest thing there's there's two main areas one is the probiotics and the second is the ingredients mm -hmm. but the biggest area that almost like basically all yogurt that people have access to is lacking is, is the bacteria isn't active. Right. Like 
it's pasture. What happens with yogurt that's made? Um, and I believe that this largely started because of some regulations around animal products and a fear around living bacteria. But um, almost all, virtually all yogurt is pasteurized and then it's fermented. So which means they pasteurize the milk or, or coconuts or almonds or right. whatever. They'll heat it to a temperature where all, all current bacteria is dead. Then they'll add some bacteria for fermentation or culturing. And then after it's cultured, they pasteurize it a second time to kill all of the bacteria that they've just cultured into it. This mm -hmm. is textbook yogurt making in America at the moment. Mm -hmm. Then half of them sprinkle in some hibernating freeze-dried bacteria and cool the yogurt. So they'll half of them are adding in a bacteria that's in a hibernation state that's very slowly waking up that isn't cultured um, and half of them don't do any of that um, and this is i believe based on a you know it's easier and easier to manage like shelf life and a bunch of things when you don't have living active bacteria in something um, and there's a lot of fear around any living bacteria in an animal product that's this is like when you talk to a food scientist or you or you like see in these yogurt plants how they make yogurt this is how they do it the, the problem is the magic of yogurt is in the living active bacteria that's been cultured into it that's what's powerful so that's what we're doing that virtually nobody else is doing because this isn't how people like it we tried like we're, i just said like i was telling you guys that we just opened our second factory right so there was a period of time where we made our first factory and then we were trying to scale to make more yogurt. We were talking to every single yogurt co-packer out there. Would you be mm -hmm. able to make our product? And they all told us we are not able to make a yogurt that isn't pasteurized after it's fermented. We can't do that for you. So it was like this was part of like the learning curve of us really learning how all other yogurt is made was, wow, there's not a single co-packer that will not make yogurt that isn't second pasteurized after it's cultured. Mm -hmm. And I, I like Jungho, all of us weren't okay with that because this was the differentiation of, this is why coconut cold matters, right? This is like our purpose. So we're building out our own yogurt manufacturing facilities because this is why our yogurt is so much more functional and important and um, has this, you know, cult-like, um, interest and uh, supportive, you know, customer base around it. Um, the other, the other way that we're different, you know, dairy yogurt is, I believe, depending on how expensive, but you can get dairy yogurt that's mostly milk and mostly, hopefully, mostly good milk. I, you know, I, I'm circling back to my origin story. Um, I don't necessarily believe all dairy is bad or essentially dairy is what made me sick um i think that a giant amount of dairy is kind of polluted with hormones and all other kinds of crap and you know with the processing of it and and like how the you know the animals are treated that that makes that um product very inflammatory but i think you can probably get a clean ingredient um dairy dairy yogurt um, 95% of all plant-based yogurt is some 
whole ingredient. And then it's a starch powder, like a cassava root or a tapioca root or agar agar whipped with a lot of spring water or filtered water, um, which turns, you know, which is a very cheap product to make. But a lot of plant-based yogurt is not a whole food ingredient yogurt. Almost all of it is how they're making it. So, you know, I, I believe in a whole food diet. I believe in like not eating processed foods, you know, all the time or as like a regular staple of your of your diet. It's what's working for me. It's what makes me feel good. So that's important for the coconut cult to always use, you know, a whole food ingredients like 100% coconut versus adding a starch powder or a filler or lots of, you know, water in a filler. So that's the other major differentiator of our yogurt, especially to the plant-based yogurts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you sit on a lot of amazing points. I was, I was going to ask you like, what are the challenges of foregoing the process that like big yogurt is kind of executing on a killing and then adding back bacteria and other ingredients. Um, but you kind of answered it. It's, you know, it kind of requires you to to go and self-produce pretty early um, compared to most other CPG brands. So I'd love to just dive in and just learn a little more about like your self-production process, like what makes this process so difficult. Um, and then also like, you know, expensive and how you deal kind of with costs and, and kind of supply chain and, and shelf life with such a kind of difficult product um, to produce, even though it's of course so delicious. Um, ironic that the number one coconut yogurt is so delicious. Um, uh, <laughs> that was good, Daniel. That was really good. <laughs> um, I'll just call out that numbers, um, and operations, um, probably not my strong suit. We have a couple other members of our leadership team. We've got Ari Raz and we've got uh, Justin Aliski and they're our CEO and they're a COO. And Justin's in charge of opening our brand new uh, 55,000 square foot Utah factory. And uh, Ari is probably in charge of margins and all of those type of things. So um, I'm happy to like butcher a couple, <laughs> a couple of answers. No, 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 don't butcher. Those, those guys are probably um better suited for you know giving the most accurate um okay. answer to that question it's okay, it's okay. um i uh, wanted to answer, i mean but simply though like the biggest challenge is just to guess the appropriate um line setup to invest in because at, at the time right now we're sold out everywhere we're maxed out in production but where is the ceiling on that so it's that estimation that i think is the ch most challenging part um but we're out in ogden in utah we just set this factory up and we did our we did our best to make sure that we can at least fill the majority of our our, our po's um while also making our keeping our dtc very healthy yeah i think you you both mentioned something that i want to touch on now is we talked about like this loyal cult following that you've really created and that you're sold out everywhere. I, I am personally a subscriber. I'm very excited about the new June flavor. I'm excited about the May flavor. And you have this like loyal following that subscribes online, a really strong D2C business. Tell me a little bit about building this D2C business. Like when we talk to companies, you know, refrigerated products are super, super hard D2C. You're paying for shipping, 
you're it's cold storage, it's really hard. How have you managed to build this D2C really healthy, strong subscriber base? Uh, I think in the beginning, it happened out of necessity when we were just available in stores. Um, no, it was just getting constant DMs of people being like, hey, like sell online, sell online, sell online. So we realized that, yeah, it is going to be very expensive, but we were banking on people seeing the benefits of um, the product being worth it. And so we started off super small scale, just what we could manage at the time. Um, and little by little, we just saw that like the DTC channel was just getting stronger and stronger. And people actually didn't mind paying a much higher premium because we were offering two day, um, like two day shipping. Uh, the product was arriving cold. They, yeah. So we've, realize that as long as the like as long as we can keep up the demand and the production and deliver like a really excellent experience that the price point wasn't an issue for people yeah that makes a lot of sense and more recently you've really worked you've developed these unique flavors with these like monthly limited drops and i know at expo you showcased a whole slew of them no, I know this is like your specialty and your kind of like secret sauce of the brand of building these special flavors. And now you've kind of drawn into this collab model. Tell me a little bit about like your process in developing these flavors. Do you, do you have a taste palette that you want to develop? Do you work with, do you go to a collaborator first? Like, what is this process like? Well, it's fun just coming up with a crazy idea for a flavor or a crazy idea for a collab. I think uh, there's a lot of other brands that follow the same um, purpose of sort of cleaning up ingredients and making food healthier and more functional. So there's a lot of other brands that I personally consume and I'm a fan of. I, I always try to make friends with um, the other brands that I find myself eating. So I guess, uh, you know, uh, the next phase of a friendship often turns into like a brainstorm conversation of, could I use this really cool Honey Mama's bar and make some kind of interesting flavor out of it? Um, you know, can I take, could I take a Siete chip and can I make it into a, a yogurt flavor somehow? I don't know. I think you know, the challenge of being very creative with food is a fun one. Um, and it's one that we're able to kind of get a lot of people on our team, you know, excited and brainstorming and throwing around ideas and then playing around in the kitchen. Um, so I think we're, it's fun to play around with different ideas that, you know, we don't always do a collab. Sometimes it's just like, you know, what other cool ingredients could we, um, you know, could we make a banana bread yogurt? Could we make something that no one would think of to be a yogurt um, into an actual yogurt? Or, um, yeah, I think it's also fun to just, um, yeah, what was it? I lost my train of thought there about the flavors. It's, I think, you know, it's the fun part. It's, it's really easy. It's not a challenge. And I think there's a lot of nostalgia in food too. I think like also that ties into this idea of like 
making food that you used to eat that you're finding out like probably made you sick or wasn't good for you, but you have a sentimental or emotional connection to. Um, so like, I remember eating a bunch of these Yoplait flavors when I was a kid of like key lime pie and orange dreamsicle. And, you know, I, rem I have like fond memories of loving these yogurts as a kid um, that were, you know, probably made with a lot of bullshit. Um, but kind of, it's a fun challenge to see if you can like make the same amazing tasting quality of yogurt with, you know, pure whole ingredients. So there's sometimes like a target on like some specific nostalgic flavor. And also sometimes it's fun to like take an ice cream flavor and be like, can we make a yogurt taste exactly like this, like this ice cream? Well, I know Love you make ice cream, so it's like a nod to that. Do you have any dream um, companies or collabs that you like are after or we can expect potentially in the future or just that you like have thought about? I loved the banana bread one, by the way. That, so, that was, oh that's my like, God. yeah, that was really. I could eat the whole jar. I know everyone was, everyone was obsessed with, with the huge chocolate one and I get it. I'm not a huge chocolate guy, but uh, I, I know that one went really well. But yeah, I was obsessed with the banana bread one. We'll tease the banana bread maybe coming back soon with a really special edition. Um, Love it. And you guys, you guys were gaining so many subscribers through these special edition launches that it got to the point where you just had to tell subscribers no when you would, when you would launch these new flavors, right? It's true. We're hopefully um, July 1st going to be able to reopen um, subscriptions during July 1st with the new plant up in, up and running nice nice super exciting um would love to hear more like you guys launched in sprouts in december of last year right um and then just talking a bit about like how you guys prepared for that launch i also find you guys have a pretty unique just general social strategy it, it's a nice balance of entertainment um and education would love to hear a little bit more about like what you guys how you guys think about social strategy um, and also how you guys thought about preparing for, for such a big launch into um, an incredibly big retailer. Social strategy is rooted in one of the values of our company, which is that we're creative, which means we're not going to do things in orthodox ways that people expect. So the first being that people want to interact with another human being, not like a business, you know, like you want to call somebody and, and really talk to a human being that will talk to you and and and, and level, you know, and it doesn't just feel like something that's is pre-recorded or like a chat bot. So we at the onset decided that Noah was going to represent the company as like an influencer, basically, right? That he's gonna have a personality, a very distinct, opinionated point of view, that we're not gonna shy away from being polarizing. But not that, you know, uh, and not that we're going to be uh, just putting things out for shock value, but just that like we're not going to be afraid to express our creativity and the reason why our yogurt exists and why it's special and why people should try it. So that's why I think we're able to like Noah's able to cultivate such unique um, sort of like unprecedented relationships with influencers. Like we don't do any paid partnerships with influencers everything's very organic they genuinely love the product and the brand and i think that ties back to us always being very approachable and human to begin with 
Yeah, I'm curious, like through this social strategy, what have you found to be effective in terms of like the education around the balance between telling this story of super fun flavors, but also leaning into the fact of what Noah said at the beginning, that this is like really transforming your health. And at the end of the day, this is like a, this is medicine. This is this, you can take every day and feel better. So, so what is that balance? I think a lot we want, like, I think it's really valuable. Like it's always, I always, I always find myself finding it easier to believe somebody else talking about something than the person who's actually selling it. So whenever I, you know, I, I try to avoid like making a bunch of, I don't avoid it, but I think it's a big win that our, our product really works for so many people in important ways that they're the people educating about, like they're the people making the claims about this yogurt is doing this for me. I was not doing this. And then I, this yogurt, you know, has changed my life in this way. Um, that I think that's more believable because if I was just going around being like, Hey, this yogurt can do this. I think it's like, it's almost not as like meaningful because I'm the person selling it to you. So I almost like, you know, have a hard time with ads, just the general energy behind ads, because it's like, of course you're telling me this, you know? So I'm like, I think that part of our strategy was like, well, I just want to be a fun, friendly person that like has a purpose and, you know, is entertaining and people can relate to and people can get behind and people can, uh, you know, champion me because like I, I'm doing things that they care about or creating a product that they care about, but I'm not shoving it down their throat or I'm not, you know, telling them buy this, buy this, buy this. I think that energy of like buy this, buy this, buy this is, um, you know, it's not aging well. I think that if you can avoid it, you should. Um, you just kind of lose authenticity. And uh, I think that my energy on social is just like sharing my truth rather than trying to convince people to buy my product. Yeah. I think what I appreciate so much about you and the brand is like you truly don't take yourself too seriously and you're, you have... And because of that, people believe what you're saying in that all of this knowledge and truth behind gut health and yogurt and everything that you're doing. I'm curious, like where the flamingo came from and how it how it is like where, where it came into the picture and how it's it came still... from my yoga shorts. Your yoga shorts. Elaborate. Well, it's the truth. Um, I, I had these this pair of shorts that I would wear to yoga every week. And every time I wore this shorts with this, these flamingos on it, um, every single like middle-aged woman or older would just freak out over these shorts and just to, want to talk to me about flamingos and how flamingos short, you know, they wanted everything flamingo. So I think like this was at the same time when I was making the yogurt at home. And I was like, you know, what is like flamingo would be the perfect, uh, put a flamingo on it. Everybody loves flamingos. There's like, there's like, there's a cuteness factor. There's like a sassiness factor. Um, they're like a symbol. 
they're kind of iconic. And I was trying to figure out what would be the right pairing with a cult. I don't know. I think like, you know, you'd see like lawn flamingos everywhere. So I just started seeing them everywhere and I knew how much people love my yoga shorts. So I was like, I, how about I, how about we draw a cute little flamingo drinking out of a coconut? Um, seems kind of tropical. And that's, yeah, that's, ac that's actually how he approached me to join the company. He was like, Hey, I've been selling this yo uh, yogurt. It's white labeled. I think I want to call it the coconut cult. And I see this flamingo uh, drinking out of a straw from a coconut. Like, how do you feel about a flamingo? And coincidentally, I had like in the back of my mind, I had started noticing flamingos just popping up sort of kind of all over the place. So when he said flamingo, it just felt appropriate. Like it's it's kind of omnipresent in weird ways. And who doesn't love a flamingo? And I just loved how like just naturally weird and creative it was. So that to me has like all the ingredients of like a fun brand. So it just felt right. Now that you tell that story, it feels just so right. I never even like, I was like, oh, this just feels now so right. So right. Um, you were like, yeah, you know, flamingos eat shrimp. What does that say about like you guys being a plant-based company? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you're reading way too yeah. into it. Come on, like Tony the know, Tiger. I don't even know that. So like, <laughs> you know, feel like you need to tell people that. The flamingo yoga guy, like deal with it. Yeah. Sometimes um, like a lot of our labels will say like, coconuts like our strawberry flavor it says on top like coconuts strawberries and a little brainwashing and occasionally you get people being like what is the brainwashing i don't get it like that's scary like you're freaking me out and you usually just play into it you usually just like you know oh no better watch out or you know you just sort of like you know that's you you don't like the idea that you need to appeal to everybody or play to everybody's tastes also takes away authenticity. So just lean into, um, yeah, your voice and don't worry about trying to do something that's going to appeal to the absolute broadest demographic, because that's how you're going to create something that is uh, not interesting at all. Yeah, and I think that that's actually one of the biggest challenges that creatives face um, when being a part of a business, uh, especially if it's not built into like the foundation of the company where you're expected to justify every decision with an ROI, right? Um, things like trying out a flamingo for a mascot or leaning into being a cult and brainwashing, that's just space for experimentation and failure, which is like the necessary components of being creative. And I think that the industry could just like really benefit as a whole by allowing creative just more space um, to experiment and let and express their creativity in an authentic way, like Noah's saying. People will relate to that more because that's human. That's like feels real. Everyone is, you know, can identify businesses trying to do something that's going to just appeal to as many people as possible. And that's not human. That's not personal. People won't connect to that as much. And therefore, you, you'll, have, you'll have customers, but you'll have customers that won't care as much. It won't connect as much. And it's not just the most customers wins. It's often the customers that care the most win. I mean, that just that's it proves the point um, with you guys being just authentically you with your 
subscription base. Like there's not many refrigerated products that I'm sure have as strong a subscription as you guys do because you have just such a loyal following because you're relentlessly yourself. Like you, you don't, you're not trying to be something that you're not, you lean into who you are um, and you're not going to appeal to everyone, but that's okay. Um, and I think that's so great in terms of like what we can expect from the brand moving forward. Um, like we talked about this at the beginning in terms of this being a probiotic, you know, like I can take a tablespoon, I can take two tablespoons, I can take more. Um, can we expect different form factors? Like what's the future of coconut cult looking like? Well, the future is more yogurt immediately. I think, you know, right now we're on a run rate of around or a little more than $20 million of just this glass jar expensive yogurt. And I think the demand that we're seeing from orders coming in from all of our stores has about four or five times that amount that this is why our yogurt is always there. So I think like right now we're on this path to making, getting to about like a hundred million dollars of yogurt a year in the next two years, because the demand seems to be like crazy, but it seems to be somewhere in that ballpark. I think also with that, we're, we're, we're experimenting with a single serve yogurt that would be in a small compostable cup um, that would be the exact same yogurt, but maybe at a lower price point because it's in a not, you know, it's a small little cup and, you know, maybe there would be lots of other retailers that, you know, maybe don't make sense to sell the glass jar yogurt, but would definitely make sense to sell a single serve version. I think that's the next thing that we need to master. It's almost there. Um, but in terms of scaling and figuring out production of it um, at that scale, that's where we're that's where we're currently tinkering, trying to figure that out. So I would expect that to be the next like iteration of the coconut cult because I think it's the most meaning with just getting this product more accessible and more competitive with the yogurt that other people are buying, you know, not, not the same product, but you know, that's, that's our area is, is trying to get the yogurt out there. We used to make ice cream. We love making ice cream. I promised many people that in two or three years that we're going to make ice cream again. So uh, I really hope that that happens. It's definitely in our plans, but we want to master the scaling of yogurt first. Um, and then ice cream will come after we've mastered like the very large scaling of this yogurt, which is so meaning and uh, meaningful and important. Yeah, I think so, about the focus, like focus on yogurt, deepen what we can do there, but also really cultivate just an ongoing great um, relationship with subscribers, with anybody who purchases their products. And what I mean by relationship is that like just to make the experience even better. You know, I think there's always room for improvement in our DTC channel of what we're delivering, um, you know, being like making sure that the quality is always on par, um, that the experience for this premium product is always as great as you expect it. Yeah, for sure. Um, we like to ask all of our guests how they subscribe to wellness. So um, what are some things each of you do on a daily, weekly basis to be able to show up not only for yourselves, but the best for the coconut cult? 
Uh, Noah and I try to go on weeklies, like lately, like uh, some snorkeling, <laughs> like swimming in the ocean to just like make some room to do something fun together. Uh, and I think that just kind of that, that really goes a long way. I, uh, yeah, I think for me, I love swimming in the ocean. Um, and recently I've been getting, uh, Jung Ho to swim in the ocean with me every week, which is a lot of fun. You see a lot of really cool things. Um, I think for me, wellness is most importantly being in touch with nature um, I feel like my wellness is really rooted in being connected to the living world. I think growing up in so much of the world that we're surrounded in is artificial and that's okay. But I think like the root of who we are as humans, we come from nature. We're like animals. We're part of the natural world. And I see a lot of people's sickness and illnesses coming from a complete lack of intuitive understanding that they're part of the natural world and not part of this artificial created world. So I really try to mostly work from nature. I'm swimming in the ocean uh, every day and um, I try to listen to my body and I prioritize what, what is good for me and what's good for my physical health and mental health over anything else over like we're we're blessed and lucky enough to be entrepreneurs and we're that means that we're sort of able to schedule ourselves um and that's a big blessing because i know a lot of people who are working for somebody else or stuck on a very specific schedule get stuck in this uh these rhythms where they're not in charge of their own days and they're not in charge of being able to make choices that is the choice that they they need for their own wellness. Um, so that's like, that's so important to me of being able to be in touch with what I need, what, what I need for um, my own mental health and my own physical health. And I prioritize that over, like hustle culture like there's this kind of toxic entrepreneurial culture i find people are just be like go 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 like no one's like there's no balance of like taking care of their body you see people get burned out um it's just like i don't that that doesn't work for me and like we're doing fantastic like the business is doing fantastic it was not just go, go, go. It's like, you know, there's a balance. You have to like take care of yourself. It's a marathon. It's not a race. And, you know, when you need to grow, it's so important to like hire, find and hire like other pieces because you're not going to grow by just trying to do everything or like going into crazy alpha male mode and just being like, oh, I'm just going to do this and I can't fail. No, you're going to grow by like finding the exact right pieces that you can, you know, work with and figure out these. That's how you build. That's how you grow in a sustainable way that that actually, you know, lasts and you actually build instead of building something that's going to break. Yeah, I love that. I think the hustle culture is real and it's toxic. And um, I think with a little rest and love and care, you know, hopefully, and some yogurt, maybe we'll all, you know, be better off. Where can our listeners learn more or find the coconut cult? Well, 
the most the biggest channel they should follow us on instagram if if they find any of this relevant or interesting like that's probably where you get the most up-to-date um information or news about anything um we're in most whole foods all sprouts all fresh markets um and a lot of co-ops and other like healthy food stores um you know, we're sort of maxed out right there. Hopefully in a couple of months, we'll be able to add some more stores and hopefully, you know, we'll be in more stores. But at the moment, we're like completely maxed out. And and, and unfortunately, we're sold out a lot of the time at almost all of those stores because our demand is far greater than our production capacity. But hopefully end of the year, the, the stores will be able to stay in stock. Um, that's the goal. Um, you can go to our website and you can uh, become a subscriber. If this is, you know, it sounds like our yogurt is is something that you would be interested in. Um, we won't we won't be taking any new orders or new subscribers until July first, and then we'll open it up for a couple thousand new subscribers, and that will likely be sold out again, you know, in a week or two, or maybe less than a week. So. I would circle that calendar that, that week on your calendar of the first week of July. Uh, if you want to sign up to be a subscriber, to probably um, jump on the website right then because um, it goes crazy fast. I'm always shocked. Amazing. Thank you guys so much for the time. Amazing conversation. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Rachel. Thanks, Daniel. Today's episode is brought to you in partnership with Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to see what the hype was all about. Now, I literally can't miss a day. It's the first thing I put in my body every single morning. As someone who suffers from IBS, AG1 has completely improved my gut health and allows me to have sustained energy throughout the day. And since I'm always on the go, the travel packs make it so easy to stay consistent wherever I am. Love it. I've personally been taking AG1 for a while. And as someone who lacked a multivitamin routine, AG1 has been the perfect product to mix into my morning routine. Truthfully, I was a skeptic at first as I'm with most supplements and vitamins, but I've felt noticeably better at the start of morning workouts and definitely have seen an improvement in my digestive health. I tend to mix my AG1 with two tablespoons of lemon juice and coconut water, and it's delicious. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash STW. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash STW to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great rest of week filled with wellness and we'll see you next time.